this is B-Side. I'm Tamara Keith, and I am at an Oakland A's game. They're playing the Kansas City Royals. And right now I'm sitting with Mia Lobel and Dave Wolfen. Hi. Hi. And you guys are married, right? Yes, we're married. We've actually been married almost two years uh, in another week. The A's have sort of a special place in your relationship. Is this correct? It, it's correct. This is true. Dave and I uh, actually got engaged at an A's game. Um, I proposed to him, which is a little untraditional, I guess. Um, but on his 30th birthday, uh, he wanted to have a bunch of his friends at an A's game. And so we came here and we saved a bunch of seats and we got beers and it was very nice. So at the top of the fourth, you know, I had to be like, hey, Dave, look at the big screen. With, you know, and there was, a, there was a big sign up there. Do you remember what it said? I remember. Yeah, I was I was totally shocked. I, I thought maybe it might say "Happy 30th Birthday, Dave," but instead it said uh, "Dave, will you marry me?" Yeah. No, it said no, no, no. It said "Dave, Happy 30th, will you marry me? Love, Mia." Yeah, I was so in shock that I it's a little bit fuzzy at this point, but it was uh, also very memorable. Pretty amazing. So Dave actually uh, didn't say anything. Like, all of our friends and his brother and everybody started yelling and screaming and jumping up and down. And complete strangers in the bleachers were yelling and screaming and jumping up and down. And Dave is just standing there, white as a ghost, like, just staring. And I just remember some guy holding a beer being like, so are you going to marry her? And he was like, oh, yeah. And then he said, I need a beer. I did say I need a beer. Well, we have a story that doesn't quite have the same happy ending. It's about summer love, and it's from Sean Wynn. Most of us know this scene. Don't, don't talk that way, Sandy. But it's true. I've just had the best summer of my life, and now I have to go away. It isn't fair. Even if you are one of the few who haven't seen Grease, you've probably watched a similar movie moment. Teenage lovers meet in the summertime. Usually at least one of them is traveling on vacation. They share a whirlwind romance that may or may not be innocent. And then they part before the first autumn leaf falls from the trees. Danny, is this the end? <laughs> of course not. It's only the beginning. And that's me. I'm Sandy. For the last seven years in running, my life has been peppered by a string of summer loves. The first one came when I was 14 at summer camp. He kissed me in secret on a balmy night in North Carolina. And just the other day, I found a hemp bracelet that he gave me back then. When he handed it over, he said, I made it for myself, but it was too small. And later, I'm pretty sure we danced to Brown Eyed Girl. The following summer, a boy gave me a box of Whopper malt chocolates and said to me, Whoppers for my Whopper. Kind of like sweets for my sweet, but a little less sweet sounding. He made me my first mix CD, which was called, not surprisingly, The Whopper Mix. The summer just before I left for college, this boy was really the nicest. He sent me a big yellow envelope in the mail, and as soon as I opened it, a clump of rotting flowers fell out. He attached a note that said, I just want to show you the magnolias that are growing in my backyard. The summer after my freshman year of college, there was someone else. We worked as camp counselors together, and I think I first noticed him when we were playing frisbee. I was sure I liked him when he shot me in the face with a water gun. I made several mixes for him over the course of our time together. 
The ones I made in the beginning had names like Doorjar and Kareem. By the time autumn set in, the CDs had names like Hunger and I Hate You and I Hope I Never See You Again. None of these flings lasted till Halloween. And this latest one, this summer, it didn't even last till the 4th of July. It happened in Paris. I was there for the month of June working on a research project. We met at a party and things just sort of happened. Now, I know what happened between us wasn't that unusual, but there's a part of me, irrationally but strongly, that believes that no two people in history have ever felt quite how we felt. Anyway, about him. His eyes were yellow, and they sometimes made him look like a wild animal. Calling them amber would just be glorifying them. They were definitely just yellow. In most situations, he knew the exact right thing to say, and then he'd say it. I don't know what I could say that would make him sound that different from any other man, but how I feel, that's enough. He feels like the best one. In fact, right now he feels like the only one, though I may be saying that because it's still fresh. And maybe it's the circumstances. This is the summer before my last year of college. It's probably my last of that kind of summer. Now, I didn't mention this earlier, but I've always hated Greece. Everything about it, the characters, the music, the plot, it all annoys me. And I've always thought its basic premise is flawed. It tries to make summer love last into the fall, and that's not possible. Something happens when leaves start collecting on the sidewalk. The magic ends. But now, I'm hoping I was wrong about the musical. I'm hoping that the impossible romance that revives itself long after the summer ends could be possible. Sean Wynn is a student at Brown University and she's studying literary arts. by Kurt Suzuki. This is my friend Ellen. I'm Tamara and this is B-Side. And Ellen, you are a huge baseball fan, right? I'm a super baseball nerd. Irrelevant stats are clouding my brain. So we're at this game. It's an Oakland Athletics game versus the Kansas City Royals. And it's a Wednesday in the middle of the day. And there's just something that makes this purely summer. Yeah, I guess I just feel like I'm playing hooky from something. I feel like I'm a kid. There are tons of kids here. Um, feels like I have no responsibilities in the world. You can hear they're chanting right now, and... The Let's Go Oakland has a much higher pitch than it normally does because there's so many kids here. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Huge groups of kids, pink shirts, purple shirts, yellow shirts, 
color coding the uh, Coliseum here. Well, and I guess they're probably all from summer camps or something. Let's let's go talk to a few of them. Okay. It looks like you guys are in some sort of summer camp. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. What kind of summer camp? It's a recreation center. Well, it's called it's called Summer Escape, as you can see. On your T-shirts, you all have brightly colored T-shirts on right now. Yeah. So what do you what do you do in camp all the time? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Almost just about every Thursday we go on a field trip to an amusement park. Yes. But this week we went to the A's game. <laughs> so do you? Are you enjoying camp? Yeah. yeah. Who's the best counselor at camp? Kevin. <laughs> Straight up, that's me. <laughs> I, I did a story recently about a summer camp where um, they learned circus tricks, like juggling and walking on stilts and being clowns. What do you think of that? That's wow. That sounds really fun. I yeah, think I would never go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, guys. You're welcome. 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 Yeah, welcome. my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, this circus summer camp is run by a guy named Wavy Gravy. And you may have heard of him before. He's the guy who was the MC and head of security for Woodstock. He's the one who said that he was serving breakfast in bed for 400000 and now he runs a summer camp. So you have some gravy in your ear. This is Wavy Gravy, activist, clown, frozen dessert, Tempo of Accumulated Air, and the director of Camp Winter Rainbow. I'm walking with Tamara up the road, down the road of peace that passeth understanding into downtown camp. If you're in the circus, please come at a quarter to five, get your costume. And we're going to have rehearsal on stage. Okay. Well, Wavy Gravy no. is one of the original hippies, and he does some hippie stuff and other rainbows, and, and it's really awesome. On our left, we're seeing the hard-roofed uh, circus tent, the Big Top. Wavy is at dinner, at lunch, at breakfast. He's singing in the morning. He's reading in the morning. He's pretty much doing everything. On the right, the stilt shed, followed by the stilt mounting place, and right away catching our attention are a lot of kids walking on stilts. It's very empowering for kids to be taller than their parents. And uh, stilts is one of the hot classes that uh, occurs at Camp Winter Rainbow. We're a circus and performing arts camp. I wish that uh, that juggling, that stilts, that unicycling were taught in the schools. There is a whole hemisphere of the brain that is totally ignored. This camp is awesome. I mean, they have everything in the circus that you can think of except for elephants and tigers and all that stuff. Although we're not trying to make uh, little uh, movie stars or, or circus stars, although it does happen, what we're trying to make are universal human beings that can deal 
with anything that comes down the pike, with, uh, with timing, with balance, with panache and compassion. Some people just say, oh, it's a hippie camp. I don't think I want to go to a hippie camp. It's like, it is a hippie camp, but it's the best camp ever. <laughs> This is B-Side, I'm Tamara Keith, and uh, we're back at the Oakland A's game here with my friend Ellen. It's the bottom of the fifth inning, Jack Cust is up, he's our leading home run hitter, and we're hoping he's going to hit something big. And you may be hoping for a while. Hey, snow cone here. Hey, anyone else? Snow cone here. The snow cone guy seems to be doing pretty brisk business out here. Yeah, pretty good. It's a warm day, bright sun, sunny skies. Of course, it's not nearly as hot here in Oakland near the San Francisco Bay as it is in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where Renee Gattel lives, and that's where she met up recently with an air conditioner repairman. They're sort of like the uh, heroes of a hot climate. My name is Russ Wishman. I'm a service technician for Dow Air Conditioning and Heating. Basically, I repair air conditioners, both residential and commercial. Uh, we're heading southbound on Horn in Mesa, Arizona for our first call. It's supposed to be 106 for today. You can expect that the roof is going to be 10, 15, 20 degrees hotter at least. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are we doing? So I hear we have a condensate problem. Yes, we do. Um, our attic is right there, and if you could jump up there and see. Not a problem. It is at least 110 up here. I've been in attics where you're, you go up there and I've seen bats fly at you. Spiders have belonged in the Jurassic era. Scorpions. One time I found a rabbit in an attic. How it got there, I have no idea. What I've got here is a uh, CO2 charger called a gallo gun. Basically it just releases CO2 into the condensate line and it uh, sweeps any, uh, any junk that's in the line out. I've seen guys you know, that have fallen through the attics. Luckily, I've never stepped through an attic. I really try and avoid going up into the attics in the afternoons. You, you can pass out real quick. Um, you start concentrating on your work. You don't bring water with you, you know, your tool bag's heavy enough, and next thing you know, you just fall over. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Bim down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match. I like the fact that I can provide a service to people that not many can. When my uh, son was in uh, elementary school there, and the teacher was asking everybody, you know, what does your parents do for a living? And at the time, he couldn't quite figure out air conditioning. So he just said that my daddy makes this state cooler. <laughs> you know, and the teacher didn't quite understand that, and I told her, and she thought that was adorable. <laughs> What do you set your thermostat to at home? 
<laughs> My house is never above 70. I sweat enough during the day. by B-Sides Renee Gattel. To see a photo of Russ in the attic, go to bsideradio.org. That's the letter B, S-I-D-E, radio.org. Runner on first, nobody out. Emil Brown at the plate. That's Ellen Krismer. I'm Tamara Keith, and this is B-Side. And Ellen, we're here at a baseball game. It is the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday. I had to take a vacation day to come out here, but not you. No, I am uh, in the fortunate position of being a high school teacher. And although I do have to go back to school next week, believe it or not, um, I am enjoying my last week of vacation here at an A's game. My parents are teachers too, which means they get their summers off. And when I was in high school, um, they took full advantage one summer of that summer off and we went on what was a very very long summer vacation seven weeks in a minivan driving around the country wow so it was 1995 the summer before my senior year in high school and um, I was a columnist for the local paper the Hanford Sentinel in, in California Central Valley and you know reading what I wrote back then I can only figure I was just I was just a pain in the ass teenager for the next six weeks, I will be putting up with my little brother, motion sickness, unfriendly locals, and strange insects. I've heard Texas has some really huge mosquitoes. All on the quest to find America, or what's left of it. This trip is just another episode in my father's ongoing midlife crisis. Well, I was thinking that it would be a really great bonding experience for the whole family. That's my dad. I got the whole family together to talk about the trip, my brother Donovan and my mom Vicky. It, it just sounded like another one of Dad's road trips where we drive and drive like 400 miles a day and he won't stop to go to the bathroom. It's like, oh my gosh. Dad was really like big into this trip and so I was thinking it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. The whole trip was carefully planned. And our minivan, shaped like a space shuttle, made stops at virtually every major attraction and national park this country has to offer. I enjoyed when we went to Custard's Last Stand. And we got to pass the sign that said, Free Taters for Out-of-Staters, and then we drove to the place where they had we Free Taters for Out-of-Staters. We did see buffalo, we saw bears. We played that game with the, the license plates. Animals, and we did see Old Faithful. Yellowstone so, Park. Yes, I, I was so excited to be there. Yeah, I drove all night long. And, and we uh, drove we all night, and in the morning at dawn, we ended up so at Niagara falls and it was the most beautiful beautiful experience it was um seven weeks we were gone seven weeks how did we survive we were fueled by candy and books on tape we arrived in washington dc just in time for the fourth of july fireworks show on the capitol mall by that point there had been plenty of fireworks inside the minivan that day mom had a headache or maybe she just said she did so she stayed at the hotel while Dad, Donovan, and I camped out on the mall for six hours in a thunderstorm. We were in the middle of this muddy, drunken mess, but it was on Dad's trip itinerary, so there we were. The next stop was New York City. 
We saw some plays on Broadway, the Statue of Liberty, Wall Street, and we went to a Starbucks. It felt so New York. Soon we were driving through the tobacco fields of the South on our way to Disney World. There was plenty to write about. The whole concept of being in the South really freaked me out. I've always had a theory that my California girl attitude, speaking without being spoken to, putting my elbows on the table, and refusing to say, yes ma'am, and no sir, could get me thrown into an alligator pit, or at least a close encounter with corporal punishment, and I didn't want to test it out. God, I was snotty back then. You know the age. I was the center of the universe. You did kind of look out for yourself. You're a little bratty bratterstein. It's all true. After a week at Disney World, we spent a couple of days in New Orleans. And then with the minivan pointed towards home, we drove further and faster each day. We did take one detour, though, to downtown Oklahoma City. It had only been a few months since the bombing of the federal building there. And for once, my column was more serious. For me and most of my generation, this event will always be remembered. I will personally identify with the bombing as a tragic part of my life history. In much the same way as my parents and grandparents relate to the assassination of JFK or Pearl Harbor. I know, it sounds dramatic, but that was just such a powerful, painful experience for my 15-year-old self. There were a lot of things on that trip that mean even more now than they did back then. We were so lucky to see New York City before 9-11 and to experience New Orleans pre-Katrina. Those places will never be the same as they were when we went. And those memories that we have of those places we'll own for the rest of our lives. Oh, yeah, I remember us being this crowded. My parents still have a minivan. And recently we crowded in for what is now a pretty rare trip together. Last year, my brother moved six hours away to Los Angeles, and now my husband and I live on the opposite side of the country. Okay, everybody buckled up. That was our great time to be together as a family, and and it may never happen again. Hey, do you want to play the license plate game again, Tim? Uh, California. You can't use California. We're in California. We have to be in a different state. back at the A's game, A's versus Kansas City Royals. This is B-Side, I'm Tamara Keith, and um, it's the top of the 10th inning, and I'm here with my friend Ellen. And it's runners on second and third, and nobody out, so I'm not optimistic. And right now, they're, they're tied, but it's it just, just not looking good. And while we wait for this result, that, that's all for this edition of B-Side. The show was produced with help from Renee Gattel. We had contributions from Renee, me, Tamara Keith, and Sean Wynn. And a big thanks to Mia Lobel and Dave Wolfen and Ellen Krismer out here at the A's game today. If you want to see pictures from the game and learn more about B-Side, please visit our website. It's www.bsideradio.org. That's the letter B-S-I-D-E radio.org. All right, it's the bottom of the 10th, and we've got our rally caps on, which is to say that we have turned our hats inside out with hopes that 
the A's will come back and get at least one, maybe two more runs to defeat the Kansas City Royals. The batter, center fielder, Carlos Gonzalez. There are now two outs, and a lot of people have, have left already. Ah. Well, it's over. Liner to short. Three outs. <laughs> 